Well, you know, as the the uh, shenaniganizer or nizer or whatever you shenaniganizer. say, the shenaniganizer who who is an author who can't spell shenanigans mm. in a in a trailer for our show, but hey, you're the only asshole that noticed. Was it wasn't it shenanigans? <laughs> shenanigans, shenanigans, whatever. So- Hey, Stephen, here we are. We have another great show lined up for everyone. Um, not only do we have a brand new Ghost Watch, some news of the weird, um, we are going to be welcoming to this show Brandon Burton of Illinois MUFON. That's right, folks, the Mutual UFO Network. It's not every day you get to talk to an actual MUFON investigator. So Brandon was good enough to come on the show and tell us all about it. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I I love talking alien shit. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And it's, and it's not something that we do a whole lot on this show. You know, we cover ghosts, we cover cryptids, we cover that you know weird stuff in general, um, but never really so much aliens. Yeah, which is cool. Saying we're getting it directly from a guy. If I read correctly. Um, has researched hundreds of cases. Did I read that right? Um, there are over 174 cases here in Illinois, and that's where he's actually like two towns over from me. Um, 174 cases here in Illinois alone, which would make this uh, Illinois a highly active window area. Um, he himself, I believe, has done 34 cases, which you know that's a lot. Yeah, including my case. Yeah, I'm. You know, if, if I if you and our viewers remember um last summer we shared a video and told uh, told my story uh, you know my son and i we saw this weird object in the sky just you know kind of spinning around and uh flashing lights uh, wasn't a drone uh but according to brandon there was an airplane in the area at the time mm-hmm. but airplanes don't generally disappear and then quickly reappear in other places so um, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with him on that because I know what I saw. Dun, dun, dun. We're gonna, dun, dun, dun. The plot thickens. But we're going to talk to him a little bit about that more. Yeah. And, and you know, it. I mean, honestly, that's that's an admiral. admiral golly, it, it's going to be one of those days. Um, that's a nice amount of cases. I mean, he's only been with MUFON for like, what, two years? Something like that? Uh, yeah, two or three years. I mean, that's that's a lot. So that's yeah. that's good. He's going to have a lot to talk about. Yeah, so absolutely. Do, do we got anything, you know, typical for this show, Rick? Typical for this <laughs> show. 
you got me at a loss here, buddy. I don't know what I you're mean, talking about. You're you're always you're always bringing the weird, man. I didn't know if you scouted something out. You oh. know anything? No, I, well, I I did want to talk about the uh, your the uh, Michael Chiklis cosplayer who is playing you again. They're showing uh, bottled spirits uh, with you and your your ever charming wife. Uh, yes. tonight on uh, the travel channel yeah the uh yes. the producer who i think you're i think you're mutual friends with her too uh yeah, laura, laura marini yeah she uh sent me a message yesterday and she said hey just letting you know we're doing a, a haunting marathon tomorrow which is today mm -hmm. and uh this is pretty much going to decide if we get another season Ooh. so so of course they they put both of my episodes in that marathon it, it it makes it a lot if you think about it I mean, oh yeah i mean you know they're, they're gonna watch that and be like man that michael chickless cosplayer that wears yeah. steven's hat yeah he's a fucking bomb yo it's like i'm a ringer let's bring him you know, back i'm a ringer you know what i'm saying it's like yeah man so yeah she she hit me up and she said please spread this everywhere we're trying to get another season we want to have you back on again you've got so many stories blah 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 so, yeah, today, catch the uh, Haunting Marathon on a travel channel. At 6 p.m., you can learn about the most haunted restaurant in the world. And then if you dare, if you dare, you dare. At, at 10 o'clock, learn about the most haunted doll in the world. Yeah, I said it. Norman the Doll, 10 p.m., right. Brentwood Wine Bistro, 6 p.m. So, Easter. everybody, everybody, Stephen is spreading it around. And yes, I'm doing my part. <laughs> Ew. So, hey, this is not a news of the weird thing, but I sent this to you a couple of days ago because I found this really interesting. Um, it is an article from Universe Today, which is, you know, a, a legit uh, science news website. And it's talking about sending probes uh, to a distant planet. Um, it says game of pro the, the headline is game of probes. The first probe sent to another civilization won't be the first to arrive. So this is talking about sending probes from this planet to another planet to see, you know, hey, if anybody's there, because, you know, they always need more liberating all these other worlds. Um, so, but there, there's one um, paragraph in particular that I want to read because it's like, <laughs> I thought this was already going on anyways, but it says, imagine if a robotic probe arrived in our solar system sent by an ETC, which is an extraterrestrial civilization. They detected us and sent their probe to introduce themselves and learn more about us. I mean, because, you know, everybody likes a good probing, right? Um, <laughs> we would be shocked, and the event would change civilization's trajectory forever. Imagine we waited for another one, and imagine that we had to wait centuries. Generations of humans would live and die we would have learned all we could from the probe and it would sit in a museum somewhere. So, okay, now, ever since uh, Kenneth Arnold's sighting of, um, you know, some UFO, UFOs gliding through the skies over some mountains, I mean, we have got literally millions of people seeing um, UFOs you know, strange lights in the sky, having contact with, uh, with alien beings, uh, being even, you know, cases of terror, you know, terrifying cases of being abducted. And I'm just thinking, it's like, 
man, if these ETCs, which of course is extraterrestrial civilization, they it, it would appear that they've gone past this probe. They're now like coming here, showing themselves, and all it takes is for the you know the governments of the world to be like, yeah, people are seeing this stuff, and I think it's actually starting to happen now. So, I mean, what do you think about this, Stephen? Do you think that these are just probes that people are seeing? And we're also going to ask this of our guests, but, or do you think that like these are nuts and bolts, um, UAPs or UFOs that are coming to visit us and actual aliens? Well, to start this off, I do want to say to our folks at home, you're probably going to hear the word probe more in one hour than you have heard in your entire life. It's a fun oh. word. We like we like using that word here. You know, every time I hear that word, dude, I, I go back to like 1996 or seven when Cartman was abducted. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my ass. <laughs> Cartman gets an anal probe. Hey, yeah. you know, it's like when, whenever I see that guy, Giorgio Sukalos on TV and he, in his wild hair. And all I could think is like, man, that is some just been probed hair right yes. there. You know? Yes, the just been probed hair. <laughs> Coming to a store near you. I I think uh I think just like any I, I I hate to put a war type label on it, but that's kind of mm -hmm. what you think about. I think any form of intelligence uses scouts. Right. I mean, we we as human beings, we always send out a scout, right? Scout mm -hmm. the area. We'll we'll formulate a plan of attack or rescue or yeah, right, a recognizance mission. So reconnaissance, right? Look, I'm having issues today, Rick. <laughs> yeah, it's that that much is clear. You need to let it go, man. Shenanigans uh, is my shenanigans. Uh, but I, it it's it's not that hard to fathom that hey, they're sending down drones or whatever. We've mm -hmm. got drones. Whatever they've got has got to be a hundred times better than ours, you no, know. And so yeah, they're scouting, they're taking soil samples, water samples. They're they're scientists just like we are. Mm -hmm. We do the same thing when we go down to the ocean and scoop up a sample of something. We've just interrupted this universe that to that universe we're the alien, you right. know, and, and we take it back to our labs and we study it. I firmly, firmly believe that's what's being done. Now, are there but crafts why? with actual, well, not entities, but, you know, alien life forms? I think mm -hmm. so, too. I mean. I think so. But it begs the question, why? What is the purpose? Are they coming down here to see what we're capable of? Or are they going to one day come down here, you know, like the Vulcans in Star Trek First Contact and be like, hey, welcome to the universe and. You know, we're going to give you technology and allow you to go explore. I, I, it's you just don't know. I mean, we can barely get into our own psychology. How do we hope to get into the psychology or intentions of something completely alien to us? Well, if you base it, which I'd rather not think like this, but if you base it on life and survival, mm -hmm. every living, breathing creature on this planet kills right to survive you know it's not necessarily because they want to you know the the wolf is killing to eat you know mm -hmm. to survive feed his family whatever but at the same time you know would i walk into baghdad and say hey let's be friends 
Yeah, I don't think they would like that very much. No, they're going to shoot my ass. You know what I'm saying? I'm dead. Right. You know, so, you know, it's funny. If you remember this old movie, which I'm sure you do, it's a classic. <laughs> um, the Explorers with River Phoenix, young River Phoenix. Oh, God, that movie was so good. Yes, and they, you know, they used some junk from a junkyard and a carnival and they built their own little ship. You remember this? Yeah, it was like and Goonies they, in Space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so... It was interesting because even though it was a comedy and kind of a family fun film, um, the aliens were scared to death of us. Mm -hmm. And it was because they were watching our life. They were watching movies, television, and everything was always so violent. Right. You know, and hateful. and, And I mean, it's like that now. You can't turn on the news without hearing hate and violence. You know, and it that even back then in the 80s, that got me thinking, I wonder if that's what they think. You know, because well, let's be honest, if something landed, we're not going to be approaching it with a gift basket. <laughs> of assorted sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> Straight from Bath and Body Works, buddy. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. No, actually, what I think is, is like they probably fly past our planet at top speed and telling the kids to roll up the windows and lock the doors because these humans are out of their minds. I mean, could you imagine if they landed in a town like mine? Forget the turkey shoot down the road. (laughs) The dudes are giving up their meth lab for that night. They're going to be out there with the shotguns. Yeah, let's wrangle us and alien boys. Oh, yeah. We're going to be on Oprah. You know, we like to think that we're highly evolved and beyond all of that, but uh, man, we can't even get along with our own neighbors who may have a different sexual preference than us, who may be a different color than us, who may be a different religion of us. We we can't even get along with them. Imagine getting along with something with like four tentacles, uh, you know, coming down the street and, you know, you know, screaming at you. And they're really not screaming at you. They're just saying, you know, hey, what's up? Yeah, it's uh, it's, man, I'd run into one of Walmart people. You run into one of Walmart. Hey, man, can you reach out for me? I can't get up there. You know, and he takes his long ass tentacles. And here's your here's your Hasbro G.I. Joe, you know, there you go. But I, I don't know, man. It's all I think if they wanted to colonize here mm-hmm. and, and live amongst us like like i mean you kind of look at the human race we already do it you know there's white people black people there's asian people there's eskimo i mean there's hispanic there are all kinds of people mm-hmm. so adding an extraterrestrial to the mix i mean i think the safest way to do that would be to make contact with us and say hey here's our plan and intent we are going to land get out we're going to throw down a blanket have a little picnic in central park but Mm -hmm. we're not here to kill you or it could be the other way rick oh yeah they could just come down here and wipe us out who knows yeah and exactly if they wanted to wipe us out they probably would have a long time ago which kind of makes me believe that the uh, the alien zoo theory that we are here just for their enjoyment like as if I, you know, spending the day at Lincoln Park Zoo or something like that, watching the bears and the seals, kind of the same thing with us. So in the in but the it, grand in the grand scheme of things, Rick, we're nothing more than an ant farm, right? Really. So with that being said, we've got Brandon Burton coming up. We need to take a quick break, and when we come back, 
We're going to be talking aliens, extraterrestrials, UFOs, really awesome stuff with MUFON's very own Brandon Burton. You're here with Rick and Steven. We will be right back. He turns his head and looks at me and then turns his head back. It was one of the creepiest things I have ever seen. The doll, he moved by himself. The doll, he moved by himself. Anything that comes from hell is bound to look like hell. Steven's always pretty skeptical of everything. He, did, he doesn't like to just automatically assume something is uh, paranormal. I do believe that what we saw that night was a manifestation of Norman. What is that? giving birth the son that would have been uh, his energy transferred into him. Welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and TV. We are your hosts, Stephen and Rick. Today joining us is Illinois-based MUFON investigator, the Mutual UFO Network, Brandon Burton. Hey, Brandon, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I'm happy to be here. Great. Good to have you. We should have done this a long time ago, but, you know, Stephen, he's got stuff to do. <laughs> Stephen's fault. <laughs> So we're just going to blame it on Steven. So, hey, you know, we got a lot to talk about. So what we're going to do is we're just going to jump right into it. And I guess the obvious place to begin is how is it that a seemingly normal guy from the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois, well, just like myself, I suppose, um, became an investigator for the Mutual UFO Network? Well, if you guys looked at my background, you know, I I come from a scientific background and Mm -hmm. um I've always been an uber skeptic yeah, all the way back to the end of high school. Uh, and if you, I don't know if you guys were able to dig through stuff and actually find my old blog, uh, but I mean, I was super duper skeptical of everything. Okay. hundred uh, percent didn't believe in any supernatural at all. None, mm-hmm. none. Uh, same thing with UFOs and, and things uh, or UAPs as you call them now. Um, and then the Navy started putting out reports and I started paying attention and I started to read some of the actual reports just out of curiosity. And I uh, started to realize that these aren't just individuals reporting things. These are oftentimes large groups of unrelated people reporting sightings. Um, 
and some of them are pretty darn good. And, the, and I, it just, you know, once you start going down the rabbit hole, that's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've watched several of these videos over and over again. And I know that Steven has as well, you know, like the, like the Tic Tac video. Yeah. The uh, Go Swiftly video, I think it's called. Go Swift. Go, yep. Go yeah. fast. Yeah. And these videos that, that they've put out and they're nothing short of extraordinary. I mean, this is definitely a nuts and bolts thing flying at speeds that are impossible for what we currently have. And um, so what, what do you think that these things are? Do you think that these are um, drones, probes, um, or, you know, actual alien visitation? I don't know. <laughs> alien oh. drones alien okay, drones you, I don't. the show is over there you go i yeah you know i i hear lots of answers but a lot of it's you know speculation mm -hmm. um there's a lot better videos than the ones the navy put out i've definitely found that mm -hmm. yeah those yeah. videos are, are are interesting they're very interesting um especially the gimbal the gimbal video is interesting yeah. um and the analysis of those the skeptic analysis just usually falls way short and just disappoints me because they'll they'll talk about they'll analyze the video and they'll analyze the motion they'll try to analyze to see if like if it's a bird far away or if it's an airplane or something but they do not do a good job of considering all of the pilot testimony that goes with it for the people who were actually there and they they rarely ever address the fact that uh these things showed up sometimes weeks before they actually encountered them on radar mm -hmm. and they didn't appear on one glitched radar system. They appeared on multiple completely independent, different operating systems, uh, different types of radar. So you got the, the Hawk, you, you um, got the Hawkeye radio, uh, radar that picked up a lot of these things. You've got the Aegis radar off the ships that picked up a lot of these things. And, and, uh, you have different radar systems, uh, so you can't just say, oh, it's a glitch in the radar system. Well, they all had a, a glitch in the radar system for weeks on end. No, yeah. no they, the, the entire story and all the context is just not uh, usually usually not addressed. But I, I see this constantly. Sure. You know, and, and we'll get to skeptics later on. But I think first, it's really important for our listeners and viewers, you know, find out about Brandon. Like, what brought you to something like the Mutual UFO Network, which is the world's largest um, UFO investigation group in the world, a civilian, I should yeah. say. What, what 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 brought you? Do you like fill out an application? You know, go yeah. into the office, be like, I'm Brandon Byrne, I want to work here. So how did that come about? I I decided I wanted to see better pictures. Uh, I I talked to a couple people who were in Mufon. And they they would always just chuckle and be like, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of stuff, but you mm -hmm. can, can only get to be on the inside to see it. So I thought, well, I'm only a few years from retirement. I want to get on the inside because I want to see the cool video. I want to see the cool pictures. Yeah. I want to, I want to see the inside details of things. And uh, you just do not get those if you're not working in the system. And I, I can complain about, you know, the system and everything, but uh, I think it's better to, to work for change from the inside of an yeah, organization. You, yeah. Yeah. A, lo a lot of people have had problems, myself included, because, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show that you actually investigated mine and my son's sighting. 
And I was extraordinarily reluctant to contact MUFON because it's, it's had a few black eyes over the years. And, um, you know, you talk about changing it from the inside, but, you know, what is it about MUFON that needs to be changed? Well, you got to understand, MUFON is a huge organization, number one. And number two, it's all volunteer. So they don't, yeah, so you can only do so much with a volunteer base. So um, in Illinois in particular, we are extremely lucky. We've got Sam Maranto, who's the state director, and the guy is brilliant. But he's, he's, he's doubly brilliant because he puts an emphasis on education and training. And, and, you know, every state is different with MUFON. Every section is different around the world. You know, MUFON's worldwide. Mm-hmm. So some states, you know, from what I hear from talking to their people, you know, they, they complain they don't have enough training. But in Illinois, at least, we're, we're extremely lucky to have uh, Sam and excellent, excellent training. Do you guys do background checks? Because Steven actually does background checks on people when they come when they come work with him. Yeah, I don't, I, they should. Um, you have to go through a pretty lengthy application process. You have to um, take an exam. It's about I don't know, it's about a four hour long exam um, to become an investigator. And uh, not a lot of people will put up or. or or people think they want to join, but they think it's just like joining a, you know, an easy club and you're just going to jump in and do whatever you want. But they, they do have, they do have standards and they, and they, they do, um, you know, interview you and talk to you and they have options for training too. I, I, I went out to Arizona for an investigator type of boot camp where mm-hmm. I hung out and uh, trained under a whole bunch of uh, long, long, long time investigators. So that was very, very good program that they've come up with. Yeah, I think that that's really important because you always want to, I don't know, weed out the weirdos and, and um, you know, whatever. But yeah, you yourself have done how many investigations? I believe I read 34 investigations. Yeah, I think last year I did, I completed 34 investigations. That's a lot. And I know that Illinois itself has had well over um, 100 unexplained sightings. And you know, when you, when you think about those kind of things, it's like, you got to wonder, it's like, how many of these are really something unexplained or how many of these are something that's like, you know, this is what it is that you actually saw and you can, you know, prove that. It it varies a little bit, but it's from a lot of people, uh, especially for, for me, it, it's right around close to 90% of sightings. I can identify what they have seen. It's either satellite or bird or a gosh darn chinese lantern which are the our nemesis oh, and then we uh see those a lot around <laughs> yeah like in, in in chicago for example you could stand on um the shore of lake michigan and literally watch hundreds of these things flying over the lake but yeah i know what you're saying yeah so there's there's all kinds of stuff right um so like, for example, you know, the, the one that you looked into for myself, mm-hmm. you know, I've never seen anything like that before. I mean, it was like this ball of light just sort of rotating in the sky and then it shoots off to the right and kind of disappears and then reappears. Now, my son, who was with us or with, with me at the time, we were in the truck, we were going to the library and he's the one that actually looked up and was like, what is that? Now, my son 
is a super skeptic like yourself, which is fine. Um, he knows what dad does, doesn't, and is not into it. He's really into basketball and video games. And that's cool, you know? Sure. But um, when you were looking at my video, what, or his, I should rather say it was his video. He's the one that, that shot it. What was, what was your first initial thought? Or like, is this something real? Or, you know, what is it that you think? I, I didn't know what it was. I mean, it, it, it looked weird. Mm -hmm. um it could it, it could have been you know almost anything so um it took a lot of analysis so you know the one thing we look at is we look at light refraction we look at all the classics that we run into constantly like mylar balloons which can do amazing things uh and they're all over today too just like the chinese lanterns um mm -hmm. but you know one thing we rule out is is i'll check every air corridor and i'll check every single flight so we check all the airplane flights, any helicopter flights, um, and um, yours happened to turn out to be a very specific flight coming right in, right at the exact time, right into the sun, where it was reflecting just right, just enough to look weird. But it's not the only time I've seen that. Um, if, if a plane catches the light just right and it's far enough away and the weather conditions are right with haze and all that stuff, uh, it can it can make it look really freaky like it did. And then when it turned, uh, the flight was coming directly at you guys, basically, and was basically highly reflective. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked pretty neat. And then um, it made a turn, I think, uh, to the north, I think. I can't remember which way it turned. But, uh, you know, the, the flight path of the uh i think it was a southwest airlines flight but it was it was exactly in that spot exactly in that very minute of time and follow that exact path and uh as the plane turned you know it kind of lost some of the reflection coming at you and uh, you see it flash a couple times as it's changing direction and then as it steadies and continues in a different direction you kind of you can't see it at all hardly so it kind of disappears but um, I, you know, I, I would have called that in. I mean, well, I wish we had more people like you call in because, um, there's very limited surveys and studies looking at how many people see things and don't call in. But as far as we can tell, it's, it's, we think it's about only one out of 10 sightings get called in. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. You know, examples of sightings that are not UAPs or UFOs. I, I'm sorry if I don't use the term UAP. I still kind of old school, love UFO. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was a really cool metal band. Um, but yeah, let's, you know, let's, let, let's talk about that. So are we going to talk about the supernatural? We are going to get to that because I want to <laughs> get your take on the supernatural because yeah. I don't really see UFOs as being anything supernatural. And yeah. I don't know if you feel the same way, but let's talk about examples of sighting. So you get these calls that come in and they're like, I just saw like this weird light in the sky, man. You know, sorry for sounding like, you know, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, <laughs> you know, you, you get these sightings. Tell us about the ones where you were like, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I mean, it, this is just so weird. Have you ever come across, you know, like abductions or contact or you know anything like that that is definitely not of this world um i can only talk about some stuff but i can tell you that abductions happen and i never ever ever believed in abductions mm -hmm. 
not at all. But well, I now, I, yeah, now I don't have any doubt about it. Now it's it's completely different. And again, the reason is because if you don't, if you're if you're just kind of blissfully ignorant of the entire thing, you can kind of just write it off in the back of your head as individual crazy people or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But when you start to realize that there are sometimes dozens or double digits, sometimes a hundred <laughs> witnesses for these types of things, it changes everything. You can't, you can't dismiss it. And we've seen too, and I've, I've seen too, how, how the stories get to the newspapers. And uh, I know for a fact, like we talked about the Tinley Park case a little bit, All right? I sent you guys information on it. And uh, you know, the, the, the newspaper stories that came out did not match up to what they were told by the experts. And uh, I don't, I don't claim it's a conspiracy or whatever, but it, it might, could just be a paranoia on the part of the newspapers. They don't want to ruin the reputation because that that's a still a, the stigma with all this stuff is still a huge thing. Yeah. Which is really quite strange. I mean, I personally, myself, I didn't believe in alien abductions either until, and I could tell you it was the summer of 1995. I met a Korean war vet who claimed to have been abducted right off the battlefield. Hmm. And I I can't tell you his name because I promised his family, even though he's been dead for a long time now. Um, And, you know, his story was so compelling, so intriguing. And he told it with like, it was so matter of fact coming from him that it was like, I could not help but believe what he had to say. Yeah. Yeah, you get that. And I think it doesn't hit, even if you do that and talk to those people, you can still kind of in your head kind of say like, you know, maybe they thought they were or something happened. Maybe he was in combat and he got hit in the head or something. But Mm -hmm. that that changes when you have so many independent witnesses that don't even know each other. You know, it's not a it's not some story. Uh, It's really strange. It's strange stuff. And uh I think almost everybody, not everybody, but pretty close, probably above 95% of people get into this topic of UAP and UFOs are what we would call nuts and bolts people. Like we kind of have the idea that like, uh, I don't know, it's something like Star Trek or something, you know? Right. But um, well, it's because we're almost for ourselves. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Something else. Absolutely. Um, but almost every investigator I know um, doesn't end up thinking that because mm-hmm. we have – it's very, very common to have poltergeist-type activity before and after uh, sightings and especially abductions, and that, that's really weird. Well, before we get to that, I wanted to talk a little bit more about – if you can go into – can you go into greater detail on the Tinley Park um, investigation – are citing because um, you know just to let everybody know Tinley Park is a um, is a suburb of Chicago, and if, you know if you, if you could tell people about that that would be great. Well, you can <laughs> the UFO uh, shows on on the on the various channels. You know they're usually uh, some of them are good, some of them almost all of them are pretty. You know they're pretty hyped up, pretty mm-hmm. che- cheesy actually. Uh, but they did a good job on that. I think it was on UFO Hunters. You can look it up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. At Tinley Park, there were uh, there's a huge Ozzy Osbourne concert, and it was actually it was more than one night. This was a couple nights that it showed up, and then it showed up, I think, 
like a, a year later, a couple years later too. But basically, three bright red lights um, in the over approximately over Tenley Park. Uh, but the significance is, is that the police had literally hundreds of phone calls about it. Um, you know, there were, and we had reports coming in. Um, and I, I've talked to Sam about this many times. So I love this case. Sam, who's our state director for MUFON for Illinois, he, he, he worked directly on this case. I think he's actually in the UFO hunters episode, uh, but you're talking hundreds and hundreds of different witnesses. And luckily, uh, there were, I, th I think they had like 25 different individual videotapes. Uh, 12 of them were good. I think Sam had uh, 12, and I've seen some of his footage. There's 12 individuals were using their old uh, 8 millimeter or UHF, uh, VHF cameras. Mm -hmm. This is in 1994, I, th I think. No, I'm probably wrong about that. But uh, back when they were using the handheld big, you know, mini recorders and stuff, not they didn't have digital. But you had they had 12 different people from 12 from all different neighborhoods all around the Tinley Park area. Uh, so they were able to triangulate, you know, with extreme pre precision, this this uh, these lights. And uh, if you just look at the lights on one recording, it's hard to tell they're in a triangle isosceles formation mm -hmm. um but it looks like the lights sometimes like uh the, and the lights appear to be on each point of the triangle and it appears that like sometimes the lights break off and they like go around each other or they're moving uh but if you see all the videotapes from different different perspectives around the neighborhoods you can see that it is one single object and it is slowly rotating around in different directions and even even flipping over at one point um and it's one solid object and because they have so many uh different video uh recordings perspectives it's it makes it a lot easier to triangulate and so we know how high it was and they can estimate the size of this thing to pretty pretty darn good and you're talking between 1400 and 2000 feet from point to point from light to light. So wow. if you think about that, a 747 is about 250 feet from wingtip to wingtip. So mm -hmm. you're talking, <laughs> I, I don't know, what is it like uh, a ridiculous amount of uh, planes side by side. We don't, we don't have anything even close to that big. And we definitely don't have anything that large that can just hover because it just stayed in one place for, you know, like 10 minutes and then it would move across the sky slowly and then it would go. And this went on for quite a long time. And the other things that you don't hear about too much in the in the TV specials is this thing wasn't just in Tinley Park. It was tracked uh, yeah. to Tinley Park from different areas and they tracked it all the way to Melbourne, Australia. And uh, and there were yeah, this is and yeah, so it. There's there's always details for these things that just don't make it. And uh what was the conclusion in the papers? The papers were told all this stuff. They were showed they were shown the triangulation data. They were just it was discussed, all this stuff was discussed with them. And um the papers just said uh oh it was military flares on on strings and balloons. <laughs> You know, I, and it's funny too, because if I remember reading I I read somewhere once that people actually thought that it was something that, that the Ozman himself was putting on. Sure. That it was 
something. Why not? And even Ozzy was like, I had, wasn't doing this. Yeah. <laughs> this is not me or my people. But, you know, let's, let's, be, before we go into these, you know, more supernatural type aspects of things, you know, let's, let's round back to the skeptics because you did okay. mention. And I think that this is a perfect starting point with the papers, because even with newspapers and when you, you know, get the occasional investigator that appears on television, they're like, <laughs> whatever, dude. But so let's talk about that. You know, skeptics have a tendency to um, really isolate themselves. Yeah. And, um, you know, you get like these professional skeptics like Joe Nickel or, you know, the not so amazing Randy who, you know, re passed away not too long ago. Um, a lot of times these guys don't even go. They're just like, I know this can't happen. So therefore it didn't. So how do you answer like a, like a skeptic like that, that is not really so much a skeptic, but more of a cynic? Um, you know, the skeptics community, I'm still friends with a lot of these guys. I'm mm -hmm. still connected with them on my, you know, Facebook and stuff, but I don't talk to them very much anymore because in the beginning when I was first doing this stuff and I was first finding out that these aren't like isolated cases with one person making a story or, or just two people making a story, you know, there's, there's so many cases with massive amounts of witnesses. And, uh, it, it when I would talk to my skeptic friends and say, Hey, how do you, what do you think about this with this? They, they simply um, did the same. They had been doing the same thing that I had been doing for so many years, which is basically head in the sand. And like, uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with the details of the stories, you can, it's a lot easier to explain them away. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I, I find my, my super skeptic friends, I'm still buddies with a lot of them, uh, but a lot of them I don't talk to anymore mm -hmm. because they're just, if you, they're just ignorant. Um, that's all I, you know, they're not, they're, they're extremely brilliant people, but they're ignorant of the entire topic because they've just assumed a long time ago that it can't be true, like you said, and they just don't want to, <laughs> they don't want to know, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I actually had somebody once say to me that, when I saw Mrs. McNett, and I know that that's who it was, Mrs. McNett in my grandparents' house in Franklin Park, um, I actually had a guy once say, no, this is what actually happened. You didn't see this. And I just looked at him and it said, oh, I didn't realize that you were there. So it's like, I can be like a smart ass, especially to something like that. And it's like, dude, do not tell me this is what really happened. I was there. I saw her. She touched me and I watched her fade away. So yeah. don't give me that bullshit, man. I, yeah, once once it happens to you, uh, that that just changes everything. Um, it's it's a lot that makes a huge impact. I think you can't so too. You, you get to the point where you cannot deny that something's going on. I still, you know, I even to this day I don't use the word supernatural or paranormal. Um, mm -hmm. I guess I do because you don't. What what else are we gonna say? What else? What other word are we gonna use? But I think of it mainly just as it's it's physics that we do not yet understand, and even for entities and you know what we call ghosts or things, we really don't have a good understanding of what they are exactly. And uh, you know, yeah. it, it you got to keep an an, an open mind and. It's too bad that um, it doesn't happen more often, so it would become more a little more normalized. But mm. you know, whatever. 
Well, it's like, you know, people, they use that, that word proof. Yeah. I hate when people use the word proof because that has huge connotations behind it. So it's like, if you're going to say, you know, I have proof that this is a ghost or I have proof that this is an alien or this is proof that this is a cryptid. It's like, my dude, you better have the um, evidence to back that word proof up. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to put that there, but you know, let's talk about the supernatural um, because there are uh, cases where high strangeness is involved and it's not just aliens that are being seen. It's other things. So let's talk about high strangeness a little bit. Um, you know, to you or for you, what, what is high strangeness and have you ever seen anything like it, you know, or how does it involve aliens and everything above? Well, yeah, I think, as I said before, I think a lot of people get into this topic of UAPs, even investigators, and we're nuts and bolts people. We're scientists. We think it's like Star Trek. There, we, there's, if there is, if there are extraterrestrials and they're, they have various craft, that's kind of like what we're thinking of. But um, I don't know how far to go into this. Uh, like I said before, the first thing I think you start to realize is that, especially with abductions, but um, even with just UAP, people who see frequent UAPs, there is a lot of, there's, it's just very common to have poltergeist activity pre and post. And uh, even for investigators, uh, including myself, and this is, this is what convinced me, uh, is something we call the hitchhiker effect. And you may have heard of this. So, Sometimes when investigators are interviewing people or they're around certain areas, uh, hot spots, for lack of a better description, they get followed home. Something follows them home and messes with them. It, it doesn't seem to, you know, it's not always malicious or, or, or benevolent or anything. It's just kind of, it's just kind of happens. So I, for instance, um, you guys have heard of Skinwalker Ranch and a lot of people are oh, like, oh, Skinwalker Ranch. Silly. Well, <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't get all the details on the television show, although they do a pretty good job of telling you stuff. Uh, I, I would recommend watching some of the interviews with Brian Fugel, who's the owner. Mm -hmm. And um, there's statements out that, like, uh, you know, there was no recorded activity at the ranch until, uh, you know, Bigelow bought the ranch or, or, it's just all these sort of media statements and and they're all just not true we can we can trace uh, high strangeness and weird activity going back to the i think the late 1800s in that area um and for myself i interviewed a guy um who didn't have an abduction i, I don't think sometimes you don't know uh, but he didn't have any kind of memory of that. He didn't have any sort of sense of a loss of time. Uh, mm -hmm. And there were no other witnesses to verify that anyway. So, but he had a story and it, and it went back several generations in his family where they, they think that they've had uh, what they, for lack of a better term, they call a shadow person in their family. And uh, it was with their, I think, great grandma, their grandma and his parents and his parents were, were both um uh you know, i've seen it and and now it seems to be hanging out with uh him and he sees it sometimes he sees it in his car sometimes he sees it in the hallway 
you know, by certain rooms. Uh, but it seems to be a solid, uh, sort of dark. Uh, what he thinks is a female figure. It's sort of got a f- vaguely female shape. He thinks, mm-hmm. um, and it it always scares him. But it doesn't doesn't really doesn't ever do anything. But anyway, he came over. I've known him for a long time, and he wanted to get this off his chest because uh, he he's never talked about it before. And uh, so he came over to my house, talked to him for like an hour about it, and gave me all the stories, all the details and things. And then he went home, and I figured that was that was that. But later that night, um, I was going to bed, and I've got a, a bathroom connected to my bedroom. And uh, on the the light for the bathroom, it's got a dimmer switch, which you you can push up or you can pull down. Mm-hmm. And I I keep it nice and dim. So when I get up in the middle of the night and it's too bright, I don't blind myself. But uh, as I was going to bed, I, I just couldn't fall asleep. I was restless, which is not nothing. Uh, so I was scanning YouTube, probably looking for an episode of Shadow Initiative to listen to. And, That's uh, right. Yes. And, and the light came on. And I thought, what? And I saw the light come on, but I was like, maybe, maybe I didn't see it come on. Maybe I just looking at my phone and then i happened to notice i left the light on and i thought it came on mm-hmm. so i i scooted to the end of my bed and i thought maybe my son's just messing with me because he's got a good sense of humor yeah but my bedroom door still closed and it's super noisy very noisy door and i sat there and i watched as it got brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until it was at max brightness and uh I, I, I wasn't scared. I think I actually applauded. I think I actually was like, well done. That was well done. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was freaky and it did put me sort of into um, an existential crisis for a couple days. I'd say I, I, I had already been studying UAPs and stuff. I wasn't convinced of the, the, and I didn't really understand the link I'd heard of. I've heard of it. I've heard of the hitchhiker effect. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really register for, as a real thing. And then uh, what are you going to do? I, I couldn't deny it. And I never, ha- I never saw a shadow. And I never had anything after that. Uh, but with most of these hitchhiker cases, it's usually very temporary, um, just like a 24-hour thing or a matter of hours. Okay. So here's what we're going to do, Brandon. We're going to take a break okay. and uh, you know, pay some bills. And then when we come back, you, you said the word conspiracy. Mm. So we you can never talk ufos without talking conspiracies sure so here's what we're gonna do, folks we're going to take a break like i said pay some bills when we come back we're still going to be talking to brandon burton of mufon the mutual ufo network stick around we'll be right back this is the shadow initiative paranormal talk and tv oh there it comes what what the dumb waiter, what man. you scared the shit it's going what? by itself the dumb waiter hair on my body stood up and there was definitely a ghost. I felt tugging on my apron. It was literal, you know, tugging. It was like a person that was looking at me and uh, I turned my head, it turned its head and then finally when I stepped towards, like to go back down the stairs, it shot across up into the upstairs dining room. I, I I know that house and there's something strange going on there. It really got me very, very scared. 
out of that room, you just heard this low, guttural kind of sound. I can't really call it a growl, but it was a menacing, low sound. Did you just see that? Holy I got the hell out of there. Okay, I'm not here by myself for sure. But it is happening and it's pretty much on a daily basis. That was my validation that yes, I was not alone in the house and there was definitely a ghost. and it was Essie. Friday night started out crazy from the minute we walked in the door. This place never disappoints. The spirits of the, the Brentwood have proven to, to be here. It's still phenomenal uh, as far as the Brentwood's concerned or the paranormal. Um, what was that? You oh. don't know what toting means? Toting? Whatever, man. No, we're just Stephen and I were talking about um, slang that he uses down there, and uh, you know, north or south. Toting is not slang. I was saying Brandon Burton. You know, it would be cool if he was related to Tim Burton or Cliff <laughs> or Cliff Burton. You know, and you know, Rick's like, well, maybe he is. And I said I would be toting that shit if I was. <laughs> you sounded just like my 12 year old son right there <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> anyways everybody welcome back to the shadow initiative paranormal talk and tv with your hosts steven and rick we are still speaking with brandon burton of the mutual ufo network uh so brandon uh, we're gonna wrap it up with this and uh okay. what do you got buddy we're talking conspiracies I conspiracy. I mean, you can go so many different directions. Um, let's talk about. We just had a we had a, an educational meeting, uh, for state of Illinois MUFON, and we and Sam brought in um, the Michigan state director to to talk, and it was ex excellent. So one of the things he brought up this will lead to the conspiracy thing, but it also is a good example of. <laughs> why why i've been convinced about these things so let's go all the way back to 1966 in 1966 uh over the university i think it was university of michigan there's over a hundred witnesses that are calling into the police and saying there's multiple different colored disc shaped things uh flying all over the place all kinds of man maneuvers and that lasted for about four hours and um, the National Guard base, which is not too far from there, also detected uh, radar signatures for these things. Uh, that was also found out. And then there's another sighting in that same week. And here's where it gets interesting. So um, 
county deputies are are called because there are there, there's a disc by the uh, women's dorm by the women's dormitory, and there are and there's a whole string of uh, who who calls who and all and all these things, but uh, essentially a disc uh, landed or hovered at the uh, ballpark next to the women's dorm. So there are 87, 87 women students all watching this thing. The police get called and the police are there. So there's 89 people, students, professors, and police. And they watch this disc at the ballpark for over an hour, over an hour. An hour. Yes. And you got 89 people on the ball field. They're watching it. They described it as a disc shape with a white light on the right and red on the left, sort of a dome shape on the top. So maybe kind of bell shaped, maybe. Uh, but regardless, uh, they watched it for <laughs> over an hour and then it shot up into the sky and, and did some pretty crazy maneuvers and then uh, finally left. So, what did the newspaper say? Um, it was weather balloon. Pretty close. Oh, okay. Um, Project Blue Book was going on then, and they sent in a very famous investigator, J. Allen Hynek. Uh, and and this is this is all well known. I'm not, I'm not using any names. Uh, of course, Mufon and and the other investigative groups, you know, all, all the police officers, all the police chiefs, everybody involved in this is all known and talk had been talked to mm -hmm. um but he came and ended up being uh they said it was swamp gas <laughs> and this is where the whole this is where the whole term for you know oh the ufo you saw ufo it must have been swamp gas this this is where it comes from um this this particular case but does that sound right to you no i you know i i always i i always joke that you know it's uh it's the light of Venus reflecting off a bald guy's head. That's you know, well, we say about that. But yeah, but that's true. We get that all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know there are investigators. Uh, I believe Sam himself has been called out uh, to see an important, a very important UFO in the middle of the night. And it's, <laughs> and he's, he's like, uh, that's Jupiter. <laughs> Guess what? It's going to be here tomorrow too. Really exciting. <laughs> That's perfectly reasonable, but when you have something, you know, hundreds of feet wide hovering over a dormitory, that's, that is definitely a little bit different. But here's the thing that I've always kind of speculated on. I know that um, the grand conspiracy theory is, is that the governments of the world know too much and they're keeping that from us. But what if it is that they're just as much in the dark as we are? Yeah. And they have no idea. And it's actually more of a conspiracy of ignorance rather than one of knowledge i disagree do you i do oh dig in dig in yes, yes. okay i Finally yes God. thank you yeah your lovely co-host is here uh this <laughs> the problem i have with the word conspiracy is the government has achieved exactly what they wanted to achieve they have put a negative spin on the word conspiracy so and, and everyone sitting here can admit it when somebody hears that word conspiracy, they automatically think it's fake or they're crazy. You know, you think of the lone gunman 
from the X-Files, you know, conspiracy has been made a bad word. I believe that there are actual conspiracies. There mm-hmm. are. There, conspiracies oh, happen obviously. every day. Yeah. Okay? Conspiracies happen every day. I think the the government, for many reasons, one, you don't want mass panic. I mean, look at God knows the rednecks. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying it, it's it's like War of the Worlds all over again. They don't want that shit. Okay? We're so going to get some negative comments. So, so, so here's, here's I'm a redneck. How, I can take it. Here, here, so am I. Here's, here's how I look at it, okay? The government doesn't want people to know more than them. That's just a fact, okay? Because that's they, they lead on fear and power. And, and if we sure. know more than them, they can't. So you've got Zachy Baggins, let's say, in, in his stupid little show and these other little shows. They cover the embarrassing part of the paranormal so that nobody will actually believe it's real. Okay. Yeah, they, and, and I, I believe that, Stephen. I really okay. Do. So the government does the same thing. You know, where we're talking about these UAPs, UFOs, all this other stuff, and hey, NASA's released this, and the Air Force has released this. I, I refer to the government as magicians. What do magicians do? They get you to look here so they can do something with their hand over here. So all of us are like, oh, yeah, let's look at all these videos they're releasing. Well, while all of our attention is there, it really should have been over here. So I just my my point being is I don't think conspiracy is always a bad word. No, I I, I agree. I agree. I and I as far as the the UAP thing goes, I I just there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that makes them look bad but at the same time there's such a stigma with it which also they help create uh so i don't necessarily think all the newspapers are involved in some conspiracy i I mean we do know reporters who have written literal i mean actual stories that were based on the facts they were given and their stories didn't come out that way and they were very really upset about it but that that could be also you know the individual paper corporations it doesn't have to be the government pulling the strings so it i don't even try to unravel it i just kind of i look at situations like all these mass sightings uh especially the ones like in in michigan in 66 with the swamp cats and you have 80 have an entire dormitory and police looking at this thing fairly close up within within 80 or 100 feet or so you know they're all sitting there watching it hover because it didn't actually land it just hovered um but Brandon, and, you, and you have to ask like swamp cats like right. does somebody make you say that or is that just like you're embarrassed so you don't want to at least give us something believable you know what i'm saying but i think that's part of their the it's a making a mockery of it so nobody will ever believe anything but you're 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 um what you were saying about shutting up reporters who want to tell the truth and stuff and and rick you've heard me tell this story and and I'll, i'll say it real quick i witnessed that firsthand i i i was living in myrtle beach at the time in the early 2000s and i was on my way to work and on the radio uh, they're talking about this UFO being sighted over Conway, South Carolina. Hundreds of people have seen it, blah, blah, blah. There's video, all kinds of stuff. And no lie. I mean, straight out of a movie, I'm going down the highway and three completely solid black choppers just whiz past me towards Conway. 
unmarked, nothing on them. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, whatever. I get to work, leave the radio on at work, and, and they're talking, uh, still talking about the UFO. I turn on the TV, and they say tonight on the 6 o'clock news, a UFO sighted over Conway, South Carolina. Video footage you're going to see here first, blah, blah, blah. So I'm excited, Brandon. I rush home, turn on the 6 o'clock news. Right at the beginning of the 6 o'clock news, they mention it again. Later in the program, we're releasing the footage of a UFO sighted over Conway. The show came and went, and it was never mentioned again. No footage, no nothing. It's like yeah. it never even happened. Yeah, it's it's just it's very common. It's very common. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, I just wanted to say about this poltergeist thing, because I, I hear a lot of people relating extraterrestrial phenomena to paranormal phenomena. I mean, it's all paranormal to me, but um, what we're thinking is ghosts are actually extraterrestrials and it could very well be. Um, but I kind of dislike when they when they combined UFO with the word poltergeist because poltergeist activity is rooted in electromagnetism period and and a lot of ufo and alien stuff is rooted in electromagnetism you know birds flying into your house and and stuff like that i so i think like we've talked about on this show before electromagnetism is just a powerful thing our military uses it yeah. you know they're they're literally using a poltergeist machine if you want to call it that you know um yeah a lot of this is based in in weird electromagnetism um yeah there's and there's if you're in mufon there's you also get a lot of inside details that are not given to the public and that have to do with this um think like um like how do we know the difference between a, a fake crop circle and, and a real crop circle and how do we know a real abduction from a hoax or a fake abduction they 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 hoard these details and they keep them and they monopolize them and for a long time i was really ticked off that they because we're supposed to be the the civilian voice of the public we're supposed to get this information you know but i now i i understand why they keep it close to the you know they keep it hidden uh and and the reason is is that if this information was out there, it absolutely would make our lives a living hell as investigators with the amount of hoaxes and things we'd run into. So by keeping these certain details for all these little things um, sort of private, so to speak, uh, it, it makes investigation of these things way easier. But you do run into problems with like, uh, well, it's nothing you haven't heard of on like on TV shows, but you probably didn't give it too much credit but it's real and that is like electronics will just simply go from 100 percent to zero and i know that yeah. probably happens with you guys too with these things and i only reason i say poltergeist is because you know what i don't know what else to call it but you get you get physical physical activity where <laughs> like you got the invisible cat on the shelf and it's just knocking stuff off one at a time or or doing other weird things Turn well, I your give, lights on. <laughs> I give a lot of credit to what you do, Brandon, because Rick and I have talked about it before. Uh, you know, we're we're ghost hunters. You know, that's what we do. And occasionally, uh, you know, I'll take a crypto case or something like that because it's interesting. But the, we have a benefit. If, if you know, if somebody's saying this house is haunted, you know, 
I've got a location I can go to. It, it's it's activity that that repeats over and over. You know, there's something to actually dissect, observe, measure. Whereas like UFO sightings, it's 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 a it's more difficult to investigate after the fact. It is. You know what I mean? And I give you a lot of credit for that. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I I sent Rick. Um, I don't know if you if you got it. I sent you a PowerPoint presentation with examples. It's all it's, the whole thing is examples of things that are not UAP or U or UFOs. And I and it it's a really good one. So um, you could look at that. Uh, wouldn't share it, but you know that's that's one of the tools we use for for move on for training investigators because there there are lots and lots of ways to misinterpret these things. No. And I, th I think most of my skeptic buddies, they just they just think we don't we don't consider these things. But it is extremely thorough. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, out of the 44 cases I had last year. I think only four of them are unknown, which is about as close as we get to UAP. And they and they were really strange and uh, they involved multiple witnesses. Very, very interesting. All right. Well, very good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for joining us here. It, it uh, it's a real privilege to be able to speak with a with a MUFON investigator. Um, yeah, we got we got to have Brandon back on because no, stuff like this. I mean, we could do this show for three or four more hours with Brandon. You know, because there's so much to cover. I'd love to have him back. And, and sure, anytime. Up, you know, pick up where we left off. You know, I I think I'd like to uh, collaborate with you guys in the future. Um, there are certain areas and places, some, we usually call them corridors. It's really hard to, most, most of the UFO sightings are, are wherever you've got the most people. So the most sightings are around big populations and there's very few spots around other than that, where you constantly have weird sightings, but there are a few of those places. And it would be interesting to talk to you guys and get your take on those places. They're more similar to like a Skinwalker Ranch type thing. Right on. Yeah, we'll definitely have you on again in the future. We can go over all that because I know you also sent all, over something too about the Paracas uh, skulls. We're kind of sorry, but we kind of run out of time for that. Yeah, and, I, and the only reason I sent that is just a, another example of how the media doesn't re, doesn't report the significant facts. All right. Well, very good. All right. Well, thanks again, Brandon. And, uh, you know, we'll let you know when the show is uh, up and ready for listening and viewing. All right. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. All right. Talk to you later, Brandon. Thank you, All Brandon. Right. All right. Bye-bye. Join the hosts on Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. That's facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Want to be a guest on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Is there something you would like to hear discussed? Contact the hosts at shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. That's shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. And you are back with Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster here at the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and TV. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome. To the initiative or email us at shadow initiative talk at gmail.com tell us your story or hey you want to be on the show just ask man we'll bring you on
Rick, what a great guest, dude. Yeah, really just, you know, full of knowledge. And, you know, it's really not surprising to me that even MUFON, you know, keeps stuff back. And, and, and let's face it, you know, and there's a reason why, because humans have a tendency to panic, go into hysteria and, you know, cause all sorts of problems over things that we don't understand. Well, there's also a flip side to that, too. It's it's like consider cases that you and I take, like, like you were talking about your Vietnam vet. Mm -hmm. You know, you promised the family you'd never say the guy's name. You know, people tend to forget that that uh, good people in this field respect confidentiality, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we may say, yeah, man. We just got the greatest footage in the world, but guess what? Our client doesn't want their fucking house on TV. Totally reasonable, obviously. You know, and then but then you've got and you said it perfectly, Rick. I, I meant to to uh, of course I did to uh, tote that earlier um, when when you said uh, skeptic and cynic. There is a difference in be we're skeptics. Okay, we're skeptical about everything until we prove it otherwise. Well, you know, the thing, but... like, with skepticism with me, it's like I'm I'm a believer in the phenomena because I've seen it myself dozens of times. But I'm a skeptic when somebody comes and just says, you know, hey, you know, I believe that there's a, a lizard beast knocking on my door at two o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm, I'm a skeptic about individual cases. Yeah, and you know, I, I can be a cynic as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm a cynic about things that are a matter of opinion. Right. Like Justin Bieber's good music. The fuck he is. You know what I'm saying? But skepticism, you're you're open to uh, show me. Show me the money. You know, show me the evidence. You know, show, right. me, show me your money shot, your holy grail, whatever you refer it to. You know, you're open to be proven that it's true. You know, so I, I loved that, man, because I never really thought of it that, that way that these people, some people who refer to themselves as skeptics aren't even actually skeptical. They're cynical. Yeah. And, and you that know, was like fantastic. We, right. And like we mentioned, too, that you have people. OK, take this, for example. When I did um, ghost tapes mm -hmm. there was the, in, in the original ghost tapes, the very first one that I wasn't in. Um, Luke Millett, who produced the uh, documentaries, I was in the second one, and uh, he was talking to a guy who was a skeptic, and um, he actually asked him, would you come on an investigation? And the guy flat out said no. So it's like, you're, you're willing to say, you're, you're going to say, no, these things don't exist, but if you're going to say that, at least go out and look for yourself. Yeah, and that, that's like the guy, I'm not doing that. I mean, we're going on 20 years ago now, but there, there was a guy in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I, I may have mentioned him on this show, like maybe our first season. Um, I thought what he was doing was fantastic, but I did have a conversation with him, and I told him, you're confusing. You're not actually being skeptical. Mm -hmm. But what he was doing is he had his house, and he would contact paranormal investigators and he would stage everything so that they would leave and say, this place is haunted. This is the evidence we got. And then he would come back and say, no, I faked it all. You know, you guys really don't know what the hell you're doing. And mm -hmm. I loved that. I loved that aspect of it. I said, but dude, at the same time, you're, you're not, you, you just closed out anything being real ever. 
your mind is made up that it's all fake. See, and to me, that's not skepticism. That's not even cynicism. That's arrogance. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've completely blocked out any possibility of something being true. And, and I, I said it in one of my books to, to the skeptics. If you're skeptical, walk into the Brentwood Wine Bistro. Mm -hmm. See for yourself. And, and if you do see something and you still don't believe it, then that's on you, man. You know, that, that that's on you. You know, I'm not out yeah. to convince people. I could give a fuck. Yeah, no, I'm, really. I'm not out. I'm really, seriously. I, I oftentimes joke that if I'm in your house, it's because you want me there. And, you know, I'm not there as a believer. I'm not there as a skeptic. I'm just there to look into your claims. Like, I... I feel no need to prove anything to anybody outside of just showing you what I caught or did not catch. And yeah. that, that's, that's the way that I've always been. Yeah. Well, fantastic show, Rick. Uh, uh, like I said, I, you know, I wasn't not talking on purpose. It's just when the conversation's going so well, you know, mm -hmm. I was, I was enjoying just sitting here uh, as a listener, like listening to Brandon's, uh, stories in, in his investigations. I thought that was awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good pick. Good, good pick this time, Rick. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, you. Did, you didn't pick a couple assholes like you have in the past. Wow, I really hope that those assholes aren't listening to the show. Oh, that's okay. They already unfriended us on Facebook, so fuck them. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> but, but anyways, it's a great show, guys. You know where to find us, shadowinitiativetv.com. Uh, if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, it is at YouTube at Label uh, 13 Videos. So with that being said, Rick, you got anything uh, else on the plate? Nothing? Um, you know, nothing right now. You know, it's. I think Thank we're just going to end it there. Thank and God. Next week when we do the show, I think, I think let's go next week without a guest. Okay. And uh, just, you know, do what we used to do. Find a topic, do a ghost watch, do Creature of the Week. All that kind of stuff. Let's do, uh, I, I tell you what, let's do a haunted salvage next week too. And yes, uh, one of our fans uh, will really appreciate that. As a matter of fact, um, I, 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 I feel stupid here because I don't know her name without looking up the email. Hold on. Uh, Jamie, Jamie, Pat, do what? Don't call yourself stupid. You're very bright. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Uh, Jamie Patnode. Uh, has emailed me personally asking about haunted objects. She has over 300 dolls that are allegedly haunted, but she does she hasn't experienced anything. So okay. she's been picking my brain on haunted objects, this, that, and the other thing. So next week, Miss Jamie, we will bring you a haunted salvage segment and show you one of my items here with evidence that's haunted. Just for you, Jamie. Thank you for watching the show. Thank you so much, Jamie. All right, so we're like like Rick says, we are out. Like, come on, Rick, a boner in sweatpants. <laughs> That's Dude, my thing, man. Jamie was listening to the show from last week. Yeah, and she looked at me and she's like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me!" Out like a boner in sweatpants. <laughs> yes. Hey, that's what keeps our listeners listening. Boners and sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. You've been Thank checking you. out Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. Check out our books if you want to read some really cool stories, some true case files, that kind of thing. If not, we will see you all next week.